Welcome, gamers, to Basement Arcade Pause Menu, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I'm your host, Ben Magnet, and today on the show, I have a man who's looking at his Twitter and Instagram is probably the biggest Sega fan alive. You thought I was a Sega fan? Oh, no, 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 no. This gentleman here takes the cake. Welcome to the show. G to the next level. G, how are you, my guy? Hey there. How's it going? Doing good. Doing good. How are you doing today? I am thankfully doing a lot better. If my voice sound to the audience, if my voice sounds a little bit weird, it's because I unfortunately I have been a little bit under the weather the past few days. But I am I'm here. I'm up. I got my wake up juice. I just took some Dayquil, and I also took a cough drop, some Ricola. So I should be feel I should be okay for the for this recording. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, hopefully all that kicks in. You know, I got my wake up juice too. But I mean, what any way for me to wake up and start the day? Then talk about the Genesis. Exactly. And dude, before we start, I have to say, I am so mad at myself because I saw you at Portland Retro Gaming Expo this past October. I was in line to meet Howard Scott Warshaw. I saw you (sighs) talking to two gentlemen in the autograph booth, but I didn't know it was you. (laughs) All I knew was I looked over. I see this gentleman sitting at a a table talking to two other people, and you were wearing one of the coolest Sonic tie-dye shirts I've ever seen (laughs) in my life. And I'm like, huh, that's a, I want to say something, but you were talking to some people. I was like, oh, I don't want to be rude, so I'm just gonna stay in line. And Aww. then, next thing, and then I like, and then the line snaked up forward, and then you left. And I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, here comes your uh, pictures on Twitter and on Instagram. It's like I'm just looking at my uh, social media feed. I'm like, son of a bitch, that Aww. was him. Damn it. Oh, <laughs> I should be. I should be there this year. I don't know yet, but I should be there this year. So, like, I come see me. I hopefully I'll be there this year. Last year was a bit of a fluke and it was very lucky. I was very lucky to go. But gee, before we get started, every time I have a brand new guest on the show, I always ask them, how did they get into video games? And with you specifically, that question is going to be a little bit twisted because I want to know how or why Sega? Well, um, so two part question. And then really, how did I get into video games? So um, first off, I started playing the arcades with my dad. Because uh, my mom and my dad used to have a bowling league. Well, they used to be part of a bowling league. And they would bring me with me and my sister. They would bring both of us with them to uh, to their bowling night. And in that bowling alley, there was an arcade. And inside the arcade, like, you know, you got your staples. You had, like, your Pac-Mans. You had all that good stuff. But then I don't know if maybe it was a contractual reason or maybe the owner just really liked Sega. But they had literally, like, every Sega arcade game possible. So they had, like, Altered Beast. They had Outrun. They had Space Harrier. Even though I never touched Space Harrier, which is weird. Um, and But I got a chance to play all of Golden Axe. I got a chance to play, like, all of those arcade games with my dad. And that's Ooh. basically how we kind of got exposed to that. They also had, like, a, we got a chance to try out, like, a Play Choice 10 and a few other things later on. So I think it was really between that first point of playing those arcade games with my dad Walking into that Pizza Hut with the Play Choice 10, then going home with an NES, like a little bit later on. Granted, we had an Atari before that, but the Atari was more for him than it was for me. Let's be honest. But uh, but the NES, though, um, I mean, I got into that a lot later. But then that's what really everything started getting started. But what really peaked with Sega for me, and I'm I'm sure a lot of people share the same sentiment. Because I knew about those other games, but they didn't all peak Sega to me until later on. But it was a certain Blue Hedgehog that came around. So it was really when when Sonic came around in 1991 and he just hit on all the right levels for me. Like I wanted this game in my life so bad. And so, yeah, it was that that year of 1991, Christmas 1991, where my dad got us a Genesis Sonic 
uh, Outrun, Altered Beast, and Honorable Palmer's Tournament Golf because he was a golfer. So um, we got all four of those games, but I was playing Sonic most of that time. So like the wee hours of the day. And then it's just been, for some reason, like there's always been something about Sega, even even now, like even in today's, like there's always been something about Sega that's appealed to me like more than anything else. They always did something different. They always did something against the grain. Like they were the rebels. They were the ones that challenged the dare to be different. And I think that's one of the reasons why Sega just stuck hard with me because that's something that I um, I kind of hold in my creed as well. So, but mm-hmm. yeah. And ever since it's the Genesis Mega Drive, mm-hmm. depending on where you're at, like it's my it's my favorite console of all time. That's awesome. And just to hear that Sonic the Hedgehog was your entry into, or not your entry, but the reasons you stayed with Sega. It to me that was the reason why I fell in love with video games. It was this little <laughs> audio listeners. I'm wearing one of my Sock the Hedgehog t-shirts, and this little blue hedgehog, I can blame for so many things. You me he's both. The, <laughs> he's the reason I got into video games. He's the reason I got into comic books. And I'm trying to remember exact. I I keep telling myself I've told the story a million times before, but Sock the Hedgehog two, I want to say was the very first video game I've ever played but was never the first Sonic game I ever owned. The first Sonic game I owned was Sonic CD, because one day, I want to say in 1995, 1996, my dad comes home with a Windows 95 computer, and on that computer, there's a demo of Sonic CD. And he tells me that when they went to the place to get their computer, they didn't have the game available, but he was going to buy the game for me the very next day. True to his word, he comes home with Sonic CD, and I play that sucker to near death. That that's awesome. I hardly hear anybody say that their entry, their first entry to Sonic was on the PC. Like that's a first for me. That's awesome. Yeah, I was. My parents weren't anti-video games, but they they weren't anti-video games, but they were very much like they want to go. They wanted me and my brother to go outside. I mean, you know, it was early nineties. They were like, video games are fun for a little while, but we want you to go outside and play. You know, hmm. go yep. get some sunshine. Get somebody. I mean, touch grass, kids. They're yep. telling us to touch grass before touch grass was even a phrase. <laughs> right? <And laughs> it's like go get in the mud. That's yeah, that's for, what my parents were like. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like Sega Sonic CD, my favorite game, and then the Sonic Knuckles collection came out, so my parents bought me that and Sonic R all on the PC. I wouldn't own a proper Sega Genesis until my beautiful girlfriend got it for me for. Um, our first anniversary, but it was the at games mm-hmm. plug and play. Oh, <laughs> in our I, was defense, like, I was like, uh, and I was like, oh, in our defense, <laughs> it was 2015. The mini hadn't come out yet. And, you know, I always say that to a lot of people. It's like people dog the at games products and they like they're 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 fine little things. It's just just gotta understand there's some there are some differences. But for most people, it, it does the job and it's fine. And if they're well, still having a good time, then you know I'm not going to begrudge you. For well, at the same time, time so we did, at the same time, we didn't really know. We just yeah, saw it. Yeah, exactly. Just, exactly. We just saw it at Target. I thought it was cool. She knew I was a huge Sonic the Hedgehog nerd. It had a bunch of Sonic games. It has a few Sonic games on it. She knew I love Sega Genesis. And when I got it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. It wasn't until I plugged it into the TV and I started playing it that I realized, like, yo, this actually sucks. Mm, like when yeah. I first... Like Green Hill Zone, the sound was so different. The sound was just so wha- out of whack, and I'm sitting there like, "This just doesn't feel right." I mean, then she, after I was talking to her about, it, she's like, "Did that give you a bad thing?" I'm like, "It's okay, honey. We didn't know. Hey. We had no idea." 
Exactly. It was the thought that counts. She knew that you were into Sega. Mm-hmm. So it's like, y'all didn't know. Well, granted, little did you know, I'm actually kind of working, if you might speaking a little tiny bit, it's like I'm actually kind of working on something small for my YouTube channel a little bit later on. Did you know Ad Games actually did release one Sega product that actually is kind of cool? There's Ooh. one that there's one, there's one, and I'll I'll get to it once I do the video, but there's one specific Ad Games product. And a lot of people don't know about it, but it's actually kind of cool. But, but yeah, but um, but hey, well, going back to that though, it's it's really the thought that counts. My my mm-hmm. wife is huge into video gaming too. We we met in an arcade, so it's like we're she's huge into gaming too. She's always looking at little things like either Sega or Sonic or something that kind of it's a pepper in my life. The same thing with me and Pokemon. So that's that's a really sweet. I mean, for me and her with Pokemon, I mean, so it's you like are, she loves Pokemon. So you are the second person on the show who told me they met their significant other in an arcade. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I mean, my uh, um, a past guest and friend of the show, Dearest Abby, she met her husband in <gasps> arcade. Well, you know, Dearest Abby, I know Dearest Abby. Yeah, she's a big local friend of mine. I can't. No, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, dear, yeah Dearest <laughs> Abby was on my show a while ago. Yeah, she's, oh, uh, she's she, wonderful. She's not your wife, is she? <laughs> no, no. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, wait a minute, did I just do something here? I <laughs> <laughs> would have been funny, but like, hey, do you know Ranchon does things? I'm like, yeah, that's my wife. <laughs> Okay. No, that would be too funny but no yeah. abby's abby's a sweetheart and yeah. she's awesome yeah dear Stab was on the show and when she told me that story i'm like that lucky bet so both of you that's awesome i love hearing stories like that but yeah so grow for me growing up i was a huge sega kid just because sonic was on sega i was very much at the camp of wherever sonic goes i, I was like a blind follower of sonic the hedgehog <laughs> and i didn't really get into any other sega games because I wouldn't say no other Sega game interests me. No other Sega game really captured my interest as Sonic the Hedgehog did. So, and as I got older, I really wanted to get into other Genesis games because obviously the Super Nintendo is like, it's up. Like the Genesis and Super Nintendo, they're up there in the echelon of 90s video games. Obviously, the Console Wars is one of my favorite eras of video game, uh, video game history to study. But the topic of today's show, G, is Genesis Hidden Gems. Essentially, the some of the greatest Genesis games that are out there that are not Sonic the Hedgehog. As much as I could talk about Sonic the Hedgehog all day, every day, I want to dive right into talking about some of the greatest Sega Genesis games that are not Sonic. And you being the biggest Genesis guy that I know, and audio <laughs> listeners, you can't see it, but his backdrop is a beautiful collection of Sega Genesis games, in-box <laughs> Genesis games. I am just not not jealous, but I'm just like... So that's what heaven looks like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's some days like when I do, because I'll do my work in the other room and the Genesis wall is up there and I just look at it and I'm just like, I feel my heart a flutter. And like every now and then I look at it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's awesome. Like I said, it's, it's my favorite system of all time. So yeah. So, all right. So G, what are some, no, no number, uh, there's no numbers in this one, but just a, just let's just like random fire because as of right now the one sega genesis game that i am really deep into that i'm thankful to play thanks to my genesis mini 2 is crusader of senti oh oh that that was that was i was not expecting that reaction you have some thoughts on crusader of senti apparently Uh, i do so actually i recently just streamed this on my twitch channel i finished it and i actually going Uh back and playing this game and finishing it and just realizing how much better it is now playing it now than i did when i was a kid because i guess i didn't the whole thing didn't quite grasp me like as a kid crusader senti is incredible i mean Mm -hmm. and it's just it's one of those games that's just like 
you could kind of tell that at the core when they first started, it's like you can tell it was kind of an idea of, hey, we want to make something that will give Sega fans, Genesis players, something equivalent to, say, The Legend of Zelda. I mean, it's obvious. You look at screenshots, you look at it, people are going to obviously compare it to Legend of Zelda. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. But yeah. at the same token, though, the game does so much on its own, including I think probably the biggest thing about it is the ability to mix and match different um different special abilities with your animals because you can mm-hmm. talk to animals basically yeah. through the games like because you can talk to animals you get your different abilities along with being able to throw your sword you combine the sword with the enemies and you also can solve puzzles that way but i think the biggest catch about that game is probably the story like the story is a lot deeper and a lot more con- um profound i was trying to think of the right word it's mm-hmm. a lot more profound than a lot of people think it is because it really it's one of those that plays on the fact that hey we're fighting up against these monsters but who's really the monster here yeah it's like are the monsters really the monsters are the humans really the monsters like what's the deal here and how it all unfolds towards the end it's that perfect level of difficulty and challenge it's not too hard it's not too easy the puzzles are easy to grasp it looks great it sounds wonderful like the soundtrack is is excellent like it's it it, this is a great game it's just such a shame that because sega published it everywhere else in the world atlas published it in us and it's just it's such a shame that this game came out so late in the life of the Genesis. And it had such a low print run that it's worth a lot today. And so when I saw, oh, let me tell you, when the day that the, cause I, I was following the Genesis Mini 2 since it was first announced. And I was just like, oh, oh what games are gonna be on it? And then when they were trickling out each little bit, each little bit, okay, these games are here, but they, they were all the Japanese one because the American one wasn't announced yet. So like all these, like, so I'm under the assumption it's only gonna be in Japan because we didn't know yet. I was ready to import it and everything. And I saw these games like announced, 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 announced. And then on the, I think it was like, what, the third or fourth announcement? The same day that they said, oh, it's coming to the United States. Oh, by the way, here are the rest of the games that are coming out for it. I was like, oh, okay. So I woke up that morning and literally my wife is in is in the kitchen cooking right now. And there are two games that like, I'm in the bedroom watching it on my phone. I just woke up and I saw the announcement. I'm watching it on my phone. And I saw Crusader Senti pop up well hang on let me let me uh, step back i'm getting ahead of myself because i saw that ranger x made the list which is one of my favorite games we can absolutely talk about ranger x okay but um when i saw that i knew because it's from the same company i was like oh ranger x made it oh crusader sensei's gotta be on the list it's like oh it's gotta be on there it's gotta be on there and then show up later on there it was i was like boom i knew it i knew it (laughs) good because this game if you want to own this game legitimately it's a lot of money. I mean, I, we're talking almost like four digits. It's a yeah. lot of money. So oh, to g- buy the Genesis Mini for like under a hundred bucks and get this game and in a, a cavalcade of all kinds of other awesome ones, it's so it's a no brainer. Yeah, I, I love got, the Mini too. I got very lucky with the Mini too because my best friend or one of my best friends he bought me my Genesis Mini when it first came out for Christmas. I you should have. I was like a kid in the candy store when I opened that sucker up. I was like holding the box. He gave me the present. It was all wrapped up. I'm like. Oh, I think I know what this is. I rip it open. I yell, Sega! Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just, because all I wanted for, because that year for my, because my birthday's in November, then you have Christmas. Then all that year, I just kept telling my girlfriends, like, I just want the Genesis Mini. I, that's all I want. That's all I care about. Birthday comes around. Didn't get it. Christmas comes around. She gives me something different. Awesome. I go to my best, we go to my best friend's house for Christmas. He gives me that. Nice. There you that's, go. Especially as many ones. Many ones are hard to get now. Yeah, so that's they, good that you got it. Yeah, I was just like, hey, and fast forward to the Genesis Mini 2. At first, I was actually against the Mini 2 because at the mm-hmm. time 
I didn't know that I didn't know that um all the games were different. Like when they first mm. announced it, I think I I must have misread the marketing wrong because it just because all I read was we are now adding 10 Sega CD games to the mix. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. So, so you thought like, so you thought it was the same, but they added extra games. That exactly. wasn't a completely different game list. Okay. So I thought it was gonna be a completely different game list. Like when I first saw it, it's like, oh, it's gotta be. And sure enough, yeah, there it was. Yeah, at first I was like, I mean, part of me really wants this because obviously there's a bunch of Sega CD tiles that are, I mean, nowadays in today's day and age, a Sega CD is A, not only kind of hard to find, B, pretty expensive, but C, the games are also stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at this at the Sega CD games. I'm like, do I really want to spend this much money for a mini two? Part of me says yes. Maybe I could just sell my mini one. And I'm just trying to rationalize it. And then I say, oh yeah, all these games, like only two technically crossed over from the mini one to the mini two, being Space Harrier Two and um uh Super Fantasy Island, I think. Well, no, those are different. Super oh. Fantasy Zone and Fantasy Zone are different. That's it. But, yeah, yeah. but Space Harrier is like a slightly upgraded version of Space Harrier. Well, not slightly. Actually, it's a lot of differences uh, between Space Harrier 2 because M2 went up and completely cleaned it up. So it's almost like a new game, really. Oh, like if, if you think about it. And then it's cool about how they enhance the Space Harrier 2. It actually plays cleaner and looks smoother than the actual Space Harrier complete on the 32X, which is Ooh. odd. So, yeah, no, no, no. There's also, it's also, so have you, have you played Space Harrier on your Genesis Mini? I have yet? not. I, there, I have not. Go look at it. There's a hidden bonus. I won't spoil it for you, but there's, there's a little hidden bonus there that a lot of people miss. There's a bonus game. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Are, so, so check it out. Check it out. Well, it's there. Well, even, even what, well, once again, looking at the Genesis Mini 2, when I saw the list, I was like seeing all, all, once again, all these new games. All these brand new games that were not on the on the Genesis Mini One. I was like, "Oh, it's an entirely different game list." Oh hell yeah, I want this! And then I saw what you had to do. I was like, "Ah, oh, dang it!" And I put on my Amazon wish list thing, and I I want to buy it. And I'm probably never gonna get it. He came through with me again Christmas mm-hmm. that morning. I'm like holding this box. I'm like, "This is interesting." I rip it open. I'm like, "How did you get this?" I'm like. <laughs> Out of all the presents I got for Christmas that year, I the Genesis Mini 2 was the one that freaked me out the most because I did not know I was going to get that at all. I was thinking that I had to find it myself. And it was like and it was way into December. So it's I thought it was past well, not past the day, because if you go on Amazon now, it's trying to find one is a little bit difficult. You have to go through third-party sellers. Right. But man, I was just so happy when I got that because like you said, and Crusader Senti was on it. I knew I knew about that game thanks to the video game historian, and I saw his video on it. I was Norm. like, hey, this looks like a really fun game to play. Hopefully, it comes up on the Genesis NSO someday. Hopefully, some collection will have it. And here it is on the Mini 2. So I'm like, yay. I bet you, because I have a theory going on to the Mini 2. It's like, I have a theory, because if you look at all the games that have been announced, because I have the expansion pack for Switch Online as well. Mm-hmm. And um, if you look at all the games that basically got announced on it, only two of those games that have shown up on Nintendo Switch Online have not bought, been on any iteration of the Mini or the Mini 2, whether it be like American, Japan, Asian. They've appeared on one of those versions somewhere, Zero Wing and Thunder Force 2. Everything else has appeared on the Mini in some capacity. Well, not at Ristar was on the Mini 2. So like uh, all Musha. of them, all of them have been. Which is on the Japanese one. Oh, it's on the Japanese, Japanese mini one. Yep. Never mind. I was yep. Wrong. Same thing with Alien wrong. Soldier. Alien Soldier is on the Asian uh, mini one. Okay. So, like, yeah, so they, in some capacity, some like M2 is behind this. 
<laughs> so I, I would not be surprised to see uh, Crusader of Sensei. I hope it makes it to Switch Online. Get this game in the hands of more people. Yeah, like, because seriously, if you have a means of being able to play it, it's it's wonderful. It's not too long either. It's like it's a it's roughly about what six hours, six seven hours. So it's not too uh, terribly long. No, it's, so, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm, uh, I'm not super deep into Crusader Sensei, but I'm having an absolute banger of a time playing it. I just mm-hmm. need to get back. It's just one of those things where you, where you, you you're an adult as well. You're like me. You have a full time job. We're all we have all this other side projects going on. So spending oh, yep. time just to sit down and play video games and just enjoy it is just like yep. precious. Yep, we wear many hats. <laughs> uh, Especially yeah. here in 2023, you have to be wearing many hats in order to survive. Really? Yes. So, yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. So moving off from Crusader Senti for a hot second. G just hit me with those recommendations. What are some hidden gems? Because you told me before we were started recording that you have a stack of games, and I want I to do. Go I grab, I, I grab the stack of five of my personal favorites that I feel like a lot of people don't talk about. You can't get these on the Genesis Mini. You can't find these on anything else. Well, one of these games is available on one other compilation, which I'll get to that. But um, I'm going to tell you probably what I feel is my favorites. I'll just start off hot. Like uh-huh. my favorite Genesis game, one of my mm-hmm. favorite games of all time. And I feel like it's a side scroller that nobody on this earth talks about. And I think it's wonderful. Have you ever heard of this one before? El Viento by Renovation. I have not. You've not. This game is incredible. So let me put a synopsis in it. All right. It's a okay. side scroller where you play as a Peruvian sorceress who is found by a treasure hunter. And now she basically she has to save the world. It's set in 1930s, 30s, 1930s, okay. New York. So set in 1930s New York, where you're a Peruvian sorceress who have to save the world from an ancient god being resurrected. While at the same time, you have to fight Al Capone and his mobsters, Aww. and you have to fend off Cthulhu while riding dolphins. You go to the, um, oh my goodness, you go to Mount Rushmore, you travel to New York City. You do have to, I'll go ahead and say it, you do have to travel up a certain tower and fight and like in a few other things. But just this is... This game is just so it's not the best game out there. There are some things that will that might frustrate a couple of others. The graphics and the animation are unique beyond anything else. There are explosions that just take up the entire screen. There's a, a giant the Cthulhu fight that I talk about. He takes up the uh-huh. entire screen. And some people look at it as like, oh, wow, this is like, what is this? But I'm like, no, I, I assure you, it's as wild as I'm saying it is play it it's now this is also another one that's very tricky to get because this one Uh was never released in europe so it's only released in america and japan um it is also available on the evercade so like if you have an evercade there's a compilation that has this game on it but seriously this game it has and also going back to the style of it too because a lot of the wolf team the team that made this game wolf team who now makes the uh, the namco tales of games they um they made this game they made a, a bunch of games on sega and pc engine and a few other consoles the whole it's so colorful and vibrant the whole anime vibe it definitely has like a 1990s anime vibe and feel to it but this game is it's awesome it's wow. it's just wonderful the way you described to me how your peruvian sorceress i mean and what do you know what year this game came out uh it came out in 1992 i think no 91 Nin- sorry this 91? one came out in 91 yep nice I mean, already you're playing as a female protagonist, pretty progressive for the time. If I do yes. say to myself, but yep. everything else you said, how you fight Al Capone, you fight Cthulhu, you go to, to you go to Mount Rushmore, you you do all the stuff. It's like this sounds like a fever dream. It does. Oh, if you actually see it in action, then what you just said will probably ring true. You'll probably be like, "What were they doing when they made this?" 
but it just winds up being just wild. Now, I, I, I should have professed one thing. Um, Al Capone is, they changed his name for the American release. For the American release, his name is Vincent DeMarco. I guess for obvious reasons, they were like, oh, you don't want to actually be fighting Al Capone, but you're really fighting Al Capone. But yeah, it's, just, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's so good. It's like when anime calls it whack dolls instead of McDonald's. Right? <laughs> right. Like, you know when you get those games that like, even you don't care about what time it is. You don't care about what else you've got things going on in your life that once you start playing, you're just like, oh, I can't just play like one or two levels. I have to finish it. This mm-hmm. is one of those games. I just like once I start playing it, I have to finish it like no matter what. And I love it. And I've beaten it probably more times than except for maybe like Streets of Rage 2. I think I think I've probably beaten that game more times than any game in my Genesis collection. Ooh, OK. It's awesome. All right. Well, LV Intel, I have to keep an eye. If I ever own, because right now the only Genesis consoles I own are my minis and, of course, the NSO and uh, this little ditty right here for the for my Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. But if I ever own like an actual Genesis, I'll try to keep an eye out for that one. Yes, absolutely. As like I said, that would ever cade because at least you can get it for much cheaper. Because if you're trying to get a copy of this one uh, now, I'm not sure what the value is going on it right now, but it's 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 a pricey one, unfortunately. Okay. But right. but well, it's also- it's wonderful. Well, also, the Evercade is a, is a console that I've been wanting because just looking at that sucker, I was like, this looks actually really cool. And also, I just love how they have cartridges for it. Oh, yeah. I have the uh, I have the Evercade versus and I, I just got the EXP, the new portable console. I just got it about a month ago. And it's Ooh, it's nice. nice. It's nice. Oh. So and and of course, I bought that that renovation collection that has Elviento on it. Of course, I did. <laughs> so um, but yeah. All right. Uh, what's. Give, hit me with another one. Let's see what you got. Okay. All right. So in the next one, um, I grabbed this one here, Subterranea. So this is another one. Sega published this one. And uh, so what it is is that you're you're in a tiny ship that you're underground in caverns, and you have to rescue the um, I think they're miners, either they're miners or they're researchers or something like that. You have to find the researchers, you have to find the part of the ship and then escape without dying or beat the boss. And Ooh. it's all done in like a, a kind of it's not a top-down perspective, it's like a vertical perspective. You look at it and you think it's a shooter, like you know, like a standard kind of spaceship shooter thing. It's mm-hmm. not because you have to travel through it's it's not non-linear, but you do have to figure out like where in the stages to find those parts to find the people. But the way that it's done is like you also have to manage your fuel, you have to manage some of your weapons. Gravity, you have because you're constantly sinking. So you have okay. to catch gravity like as you're going to use it to your advantage. That way you're conserving your fuel. So it sounds like a lot of micromanagement. And it does take a couple of times to get used to it. But once you get used to it, you get used to the controls, you get used to how it feels. This game, it's it's very challenging. Very challenging. I've never actually beaten this game. This is really? one of those ones that like I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to try to get it, but it gets really tough later on. But it is one of those like just one more go because it's one of those that, like it feels daunting at first. But then once you catch it, it just it grips you. It grips okay. you really toughly. And and then the game looks great. The music, the music, which was done by uh, Jesper Kid. Jesper Kid did the soundtrack for this one. And uh, it's this is another one. That I'm like Sega put it out. I remember playing it when I was younger and it didn't quite catch me. But mm-hmm. I remember like Sega didn't promote this game at all. Like they just kind of silently dropped it. And when I I rented it back in the day, I was like, this is cool. But this is also one of those ones like so I said I had a sister, right? So my sister gamed, but she didn't game nearly as much as I did. But mm-hmm. she latched on to this game okay. a lot more than I did. And so when she actually taught me how to play it, and so when I figured it out, like, oh, this is great. 
Like this, this is a really, really great one. So if you want something again, going back to the whole, hey, doing something different, going against the grain. There's no other game on on the Super NES or the Genesis that plays like this. This wow. very unique. That is that is extremely interesting because when you first started um, talking about, it, I was like, oh, okay, so it's just another shmup. Not that shmups are bad. I mean, the Genesis Mm-mm. is home to a much to a lot of great shooters. I mean, Musha is one that I was really excited to play when I came out on the on Genesis NSO. Zero oh, yeah. Wing. Zero yeah. Wing. I mean, I was happy about Zero Wing because of a. That's the origin of the famous "All Your Base Are Belongs to Us" meme. <laughs> the origin I, of memes, arguably, yeah. if you really think about it. Oh, Sega yeah. created meme culture. Yes, they did. <laughs> I, I'm okay with that. Um, so I mean, and also a very good shooter, if I do say so myself. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me. And but the fact that you have to manage your weapons, you have to manage, you have to um manage your fuel because a lot of times with like a lot of shooters like Gradius or Zevius or even Musha, you you just go one direction and just shoot, just yep. shoot, dodge, you dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge essentially. Yep. <clears throat> and that's just hearing all that, I was like, that is very interesting how it's not just you go you shoot you blow stuff up but you have to have to find people you have to find these researchers these miners and all the stuff that you were mentioning i was like that is interesting because i don't know mm-hmm. any other game where you had to be careful of your fuel you had to be careful you had to use gravity to your advantage and the fact that you're sinking instead of going up i'm just like that is a very interesting game and even mm-hmm. i could see why it didn't latch on to you at first because I can't. T- I can't tell you how many times when I was a kid playing certain video games, I just did one thing, and then I got stuck, and I couldn't understand why I was stuck. I.e., steamrolling everyone in my starter in Pokemon, and not being able to get past a certain gym leader or member of the Elite Four because you know they keep punching my starter to bits, and all the rest of my team absolutely sucked. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, once you just figuring that out, right? And then there's also like pathways that you could take. There are travels like there's um fast tracks that you can use that don't use uh fuel but then you also have to watch out because if the enemies knock you off then you got to figure out your way back around and Ooh. yeah it's a little bit it's a good case of like risk versus reward oh, that okay. um again nothing else plays like this and it's it's fantastic and not and you also you mentioned how you have two ways of being a game which is either escape or beat the boss mm-hmm. i think that's actually very innovative because i don't know what year this game came out but uh, does, does it say on the box? It does. 1994. So this one was 1994. Yeah, because a lot of games back then, like what, 93, 94, it was just like you go to you go to the last bit of the game, you have to beat the boss. They don't give you an extra avenue as far as I can tell, or at least there might be other games, but they may have be they're probably not more famous games. Not to say that this isn't a famous game, but um, lesser known games. That's the, that's the phrase I was looking for. Yeah that don't necessarily do that and the fact that this does do that i think that's actually pretty innovative one thing i always have to applaud sega for was their innovation their willingness to push the envelope granted that's what put them in the ground eventually or almost put them in the ground especially in the console department right (laughs) but the fact fact that their games were even their video games were still trying to like let's push the envelope let's not make it run to the right jump on some enemies and then you have a boss and you rinse repeat for x amount levels with this and the previous game, El Viento, it's like, no, let's change it up a little bit. Let's make this a little bit different. Yep, agreed. <clears throat> yeah, agreed. All right, so that was Subterranea. What's the next one? All right, next one. So going back to Sonic. 
It's like going oh, okay. back to Sonic and just like hell the mascot platformer, the age of which one of my favorite types of games, like any type. Like I love like whether it be side scrolling 3D or however, like I love mascot platformers dearly. And it's mostly I mean, Mario lit the Mario lit the match and then like Sonic threw the fuel on the fire. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's essentially what it was. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Mario. But um, so whenever I, you see other like mascot games that come around, you're just like, oh, it's a Sonic clone. It's a Sonic clone. You might not want to give it a shot. Right. This right. is one, however, that you absolutely need to give a shot. This is High Seas Havoc. Ooh. So this is High Seas Havoc. It's done by Data East. And okay. this is one that another one that I completely missed when I was growing up. And the funny thing is that you, you look at it, it's like, OK, so you're a pirate seal. OK, that's cute. And you kind of look at it and just you want to palm it off like that. But no. So High Seas Havoc does things a little bit differently. It's like, yes, at the end of the day, you do just have to get all the way from point A to point B. But the way that the level design and the way that the enemies are, everything has just so the the cartooniness and the aspect and the style and just everything just feels so good. You know, like when you're playing a platformer and the controls just feel right. Like everything just mm-hmm. feels just just right spot on. Like the jumping mechanism, the platforming just feels right. The level design just feels right. The boss fights are just a ton of fun. And the graphics are beautiful. Like this, this is an absolutely beautiful game that just something that just completely misses out now. Um you do jump on your enemies. You do also have like, and it's weird because like he has kind of a flash. So Captain Lang is his name. He kind of has a flash kick, which makes you think, oh, like, what, like Street Fighter? Like, yeah, kind of like Street Fighter, actually. <laughs> but um, but this is just one that like it might not on paper, it might not sound like a whole, whole lot. But once you actually play it and just you can tell you can tell that there was a lot of love that was yeah. put into this game. You could tell that there was a lot of heart and and it really shows. Again, graphics are beautiful. Soundtrack mm-hmm. is outstanding. The game does get very tough. There's there's one stage that once you get towards like getting close to the final boss, you have to watch out for you're on the pirate ship and you have to watch out for these flying boxes. So it's one of those that once you the more that you play around with it and you do get unlimited continues. So that's something to think about, too. I do okay. like that. So that's something it's that like I feel a- that. Is was missed back in those days a lot. You get unlimited continues. Yeah, unlike a certain game for the Genesis that everyone keeps talking about, Lion King. Yeah. Oh, oh, are we gonna, are we gonna, are we gonna, are we yeah. eye to eye on Lion King here? Have I found I, somebody who's eye to eye on the Lion King here? I don't oh, like the Lion King. Okay. So full disclaimer: I've never played the Lion King on a Sega Genesis. I just know about it through reputation alone. Part mm-hmm. of me wants to get the collection that came out. You know, the one that comes with the Lion King, Aladdin, Jungle Book, those classic games. But at the same time, I don't want to play it because The Lion King is my favorite Disney animated film of all time. That is the game I latched on. I absolutely adore that film. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get to I Just Can't Wait to Be King, which growing up, it was my favorite song. Not anymore. Let's be prepared. Mm-hmm. The scar is awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't want that level. I don't want. I mean, yes. The way they did the 16-bit. Sorry. Quick side tangent. The way they did the 16-bit <laughs> music in that game. Awesome. It sounds mm-hmm. great. Like. It, the music is fantastic, but I don't want it burned into my eardrums that every time I hear do 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 the when I hear the opening bit, yeah, I don't want to be just be like, you know, right? Especially if, especially well, if I go to Disneyland and I hear that song, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be like and run away. So what if I told you that there's another stage in there that's even more frustrating than that one? Oh, no. It gets worse. Oh, no. <laughs> like I played uh, when you get to Hakuna Matata. Have fun. Oh, <laughs> like oh no. no, it's like you you eventually figure out the Lion King. Like you eventually figure out your way through it, but then just realizing like 
And I know we're probably going to break some hearts talking about it. Trust me. I, I've had people get legit angry at me when I talk about my my thoughts about the Lion King. They're just opinions, uh-huh. right? But yeah. my um, but my thing is just that the level design on it is just way too disjointed to be fun, like in any capacity. Poor Simba doesn't have like any range and the hit detection is kind of off. Now, granted, I don't know. I've never played the Super Nintendo version. So I don't know if the Super NES version is any better. I'm just going off the Genesis one. Right. And it's just, it's, I mean, I don't want to dog on it too much, but it's just too frustrating to be fun. I mean, that's, yeah. However, I still think if you're wondering about that, that collection, I still think you should get it. Like to me, like okay. it's worth it for everything else that you get in that package. I yeah. mean, being able to get Aladdin Genesis and Aladdin Super NES, the Jungle Book is underrated. Personally, I found like the, the Jungle Book game is great. Like nobody talks about it. And it's like, but it's, okay. it, I think it's great. But um, other than that, yeah, it's it's worth it for the package. The funny thing is, is that I bought, uh, I got it for Christmas a couple of years ago, the physical release, the uh-huh. original physical release on it. But then you could pay 10 bucks and get the DLC update, which adds Aladdin and then adds the Jungle Book, Aladdin Super NES, and adds the Jungle Book and everything else to it. And now I'm like, okay, now we got something. Yeah, because like, didn't have Aladdin, because yeah, Aladdin Super Nintendo was made by Capcom, right? It wasn't made Correct. by Virgin? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're completely different. Yeah. They're completely different games. And here's kind of a and here's kind of a, a surprising take for a lot of people. I actually prefer to Super NES Aladdin. Like I do. The the Genesis Wars is beautiful, don't get me wrong. And it's a great game. But the Super NES one is just crafted so well. You know, but, but it had that. an unfair advantage though. I mean, you gotta think about it this way because Capcom had a longer time to develop it and all that good stuff, whereas Sega was under literally like a three-month time crunch. So yeah. it's like so I I applaud Virgin Games and Disney for what they did do with Aladdin. Oh, and by the way, if you get the update, the update actually they've cleaned up a lot of stuff about the Aladdin on Genesis. It plays a lot better now. They Ooh. they really did a great job with it. That is good to hear. I'm because I've been curious because well, like I said before, I've never played the Lion King on Sega Genesis. I only know that game's reputation. I've read mm-hmm. about it. I like when people were talking about, oh, it's rumored that the the devs made it harder, so sick, so you have to buy the game instead of rent it. I'm like, no, no, that's true. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> As was the case with a lot of games in that generation. Yeah. yeah or they'll just like remove continues outright <laughs> Crown Conquest. They'll just take uh, continues out like completely, which is unfortunate. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh well. But I mean, it's but the Lion King's really, I mean. Is it an awful game? No, it's just it's just really frustrating. Well, granted, I probably should give it a chance with the new collection because yeah. I know they made some changes, so I should probably give it another chance. But just going off my original feelings on it, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you on it. I mean, I would like to play the game someday, but unfortunately, it's not super high on my my must playlist. But now that because I have seen the physical version with Lion King, Aladdin, and Jungle Book all in one package, physical. If I see it for sale or I see it as de- as decent price, I'll probably go ahead and pick it up because I do mm-hmm. want to experience the game. I do want to, and also the fact that that collection may also have the Aladdin game for Super Nintendo because I have heard the same thing you said that Super Nintendo Aladdin is a lot better than the Genesis game. Great, honestly, play them both. Yeah, play them both. both. But uh, but I I prefer the Super NES one. All right. Uh, yeah, because. What was I going to say? Because all I know about this Aladdin Super about Aladdin Genesis between Super Nintendo is that Genesis he's carrying a sword the whole time. Where Super mm-hmm. Nintendo, you have to chuck apples at enemies to beat them up. Yep, yep. It's a lot more acrobatic. It's a lot more platforming focused. That's probably oh, okay. why I prefer it actually. Because <laughs> like it's a lot more platforming pur- purpose. You have to you have to evade your enemies. You have to think a little bit. Um, 
I'm not going to say smarter, but you have to kind of figure out other ways to to get around your enemies as opposed okay. to just going up and like swashbuckling, which, you know, the, something to be said. The swashbuckling is really satisfying in Aladdin Genesis. It is. Mm-hmm. But man, the Super NES one is just. However, can I throw a little asterisk on the side too, yeah, real quick, and not to, not to go too far off tangents. If you have a moment, play the Master System Aladdin. They made a Master um, System version of it? Yes. The Master System version is based off the Game Gear version because there was one that was released in America that Sega put out for Game Gear. In Europe, it was released on Master System. And it's completely different. It's an, it's kind of a side-scrolling auto-runner. Like, if you think oh. about like, those auto-runner kind of, kind of uh-huh. games. Now, not all of it. There are some more um, open uh, side-scrolling portions on it, too. Mm-hmm. It, the Master System version is fantastic. And it's beautiful. Wow. Arguably, probably the, probably the best-looking game on the system. Wow. Like the, the graphics are awesome. The, the, it's, got, it's got the music from the film. And it's it's a lot of fun. Seriously, check it out if you can if you can get your hands on it and try it. The Master System one is very underrated. Nobody talks about it, and I think it's it's fantastic. I mean, out, outside of some other Sega systems besides the Sega Saturn and the Dreamcast, another system that needs more love in today's day and age, especially from Sega, I would argue is the Master System. Master System. Because, geez, when I found out the Master System existed, I was like, you mean they're telling me that Sega did 8-bit games before the Genesis? Yep. Because I was young. I wasn't in tune with video games that I am now. That I, If you asked me what was Sega first ever or Sega's first ever console, I would have said the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. I would never have said Master System or even the system before that, which was the SG-1000 or whatever it was called. Now, um, it's, it's mainly because Nintendo had such a huge stranglehold of oh, the market. Like back in those days, like Sega and even because don't forget, Atari had an 18 and 8 bit system too, the 7800. Like neither one of them like could even come close to competing on a marketing level. They they couldn't compete on basically like getting in the stores level unless you lived in Europe or Brazil. Like mm-hmm. you, there's a good chance even in Japan, the mass system suffered. Right. Yeah. So Sega, the thing is that Sega always kind of struggled from like their native country until the Saturn. The Saturn was kind of their breakthrough in Japan. Even the Genesis did way better outside of Japan. The Master mm-hmm. System did way better outside of Japan. But the Master System especially is that when people look at it and you look at the American library, it's like, oh, that's not a whole lot. But then when you look at the, the global library of the Master System, it's like your eyes just open wide like, like what? Really? <laughs> There's an officially licensed Street Fighter 2 on the Master System. It's like, but only in Brazil. It's not very good. But at least they yeah. tried. It's they officially tried. licensed Mortal Kombat 3. They tried. Like, it's there. They basically tried to make it work. But then, like, say Disney, perfect example. There's so many great Disney games that are on there between Aladdin. There's two Donald Duck games that are both fantastic. There's three Mickey Mouse games. Uh, there's a Castle of Illusion for Master System that's different than the Genesis version. Played them both. Like, there's Land of Illusion, Legend of Illusion. Uh, they're just wonderful, wonderful games that mm-hmm. like, yeah, but Mass System does need, it absolutely needs more love, especially in, in today's age. I'd buy a Mass System Mini. We'd probably I, be like, uh, it probably wouldn't sell well at all, no. <laughs> but uh, I'd buy it if they made it. Oh, hell yeah. I'm I'm right there with you, especially because the when I first played a Master System game, I was at a video game convention in the before times before the pandemic hit. They had Sonic the Hedgehog in the Master System. And I'm like, <sighs> and I'm just sitting there going like, this is just so different. I love Master. I love Sonic 1 on a Master System. To me, I actually love it more than the Genesis one. As an adult, Ooh. actually, yeah, I know. It's, it's strong thoughts. But like, if you play it, you will understand just how good it is. And especially with like Yuzo Koshiro's soundtrack. 
it's like exo boss fights but again it's like and again going to sonic on the mass system all the sonic games in the mass system are completely different granted you can get them on game gear too but it's not the same yeah mike it, it's not quite the same having that entire field of view and being able to see what you're doing is is a huge difference for you but yeah no mass system needs more love it does it definitely does but going back to high seas havoc hmm. when you said it was made by data east mm -hmm. i was instantly thinking i was like oh finally data east is getting some good love yes because there's a lot of times where i see um like i don't want to say game consoles but especially during the big mini boom a lot of like third-party companies like i want to say retro bit um <clears throat> yes retro bit was one they did some data east stuff yeah. yeah there was like hey here's a bunch of games from data east and i would be like all right i recognize maybe one or two of these games not a whole lot of other stuff but the fact that there's a data east game that's so I would say it's like you got a little bit of continues. It's a fun platformer because I would agree. When you see, when you say side scrolling mascot platformer, it's either a Sonic clone or, oh God, it's Bubsy. <laughs> I was actually wondering, like, oh, are you about to drop Bubsy on here? Is, is mm -mm. Todd the top loader, a friend of the show, going to be super excited <laughs> right now? Is he going to pop go? Is he going to pop and go, Bubsy? Bubsy? Where? Oh, oh, Toppy. He knew he would. <laughs> you know he would. Oh, oh. <laughs> I know exactly. And next thing you know, Sid Spacey is going to be like, back, back. Right. <laughs> uh, both of those guys were on the show, have been guests on the show. And every time I see them going back and forth on Twitter, is always fun to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah I've been on Spacey's show before. Where we've both been on an episode. And it's like being toppy. It's just, just unlimited yeah. energy. <laughs> but yeah. hey, it's all good fun, right? But yeah. but no, you're absolutely right. Data East is one of those companies that like, I talked about this the other day on stream. And I was like, Data East tries to get their... They're, they try to put their footprint on basically anything that they possibly can, whether it's like a standalone console, games that you could buy on like a virtual console and that sort of sense. Uh, games you can get on Switch Online. They just dropped Side Pocket on the Super NES on Switch Online. It's like there's there's all kinds of different, like if there's a console out there, you can bet your bottom dollar there's a Data East game on it. But this is the one that a lot of people miss. I mean, and I think the other one on the Genesis that, for data east that immediately comes to mind is mega turrican like and mega turrican is a wonderful game but i feel people know about mega turrican at this point because people know about turrican between it and super turrican but nobody really talks about high seas havoc and like this is this is another really great one but it's one that like as a kid i, I like i saw it but i missed it but and i thought when i did play it like going into say like my college years however i did finally get a chance to play it i was like oh no this is neat but then I decided to play it randomly last year on Twitch. And I was just like, this game's awesome. <laughs> it, it, it is absolutely awesome. So, yeah, get it. Don't you just love it when you're sitting down, you're playing a game that you played as a kid. You're like, oh, yeah, this is this is this is fun. I like this. And then you revisit it as an adult. You're like, yo, this game is actually really freaking good. Yep. Another one from Data East. And like when I grabbed my stack, I, I almost I was like, oh, dang, I should have grabbed that because we were talking about the Genesis Mini too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the other game that and so my wife heard me yell because I was like, oh, my God, and, um, Atomic Runner. When that got announced for it, that's another Data East like game that's on the Genesis. That's just awesome. There's uh, Chelnov, the semi sequel to Karnov, and yeah, Atomic Runner. It's it's, it's again, it's kind of like an auto side scrolling platformer, but it's it's a mixture of like an auto scrolling platformer that's also a shmup. And oh my goodness, it's amazing. Uh, uh, it became one of my favorite Genesis games. Like it's okay. freaking awesome. But it's on the mini, so it's like okay, I guess some people probably know about it. It'll probably show up on Switch Online. It's Data East. It'll probably yeah. show up on Switch Online at some point. 
I hope so. But yeah, high seas havoc though. I mean, going into that boom. I mean, unfortunately, when when many people think about mascot platformers back in those days that aren't Sonic on the Genesis, it's like, oh, what other ones do you know of? Oh, it only comes down to Bubsy, Awesome Possum, like it comes oh, down to stuff yeah. like that. But High Seas Havoc gets missed, and yeah, check you it out. What? Nintendo, more love for High Seas Havoc. Put that on Genesis NSO. We play. I play it. Mm-hmm. Put that the one the one mascot platformer that isn't horrible, right? <laughs> I mean, not to say that the other. I mean, that's a lot of good ones, but yeah, that yeah, one that, though, especially. Well, yeah, not. I mean, that was probably a little bit too harsh. Not to say that they're horrible, but once again, you have Bubsy has a reputation, unfortunately, uh, and then you have other games where the only other big mascot platform that I could think of, I don't. I want to say it was on the Genesis, but it was also on Super Nintendo. Was Cool Spot, which was the Seven oh, yeah. marketing game. Oh, I like Cool and, Spot. I I've heard not so. I mean, I heard it was it was either okay to just kind of bad not you know like not horrible but i've heard like middling things about it i like it a lot personally it's just hard i think that's probably one of the things that that kind of throws people off on is that it's a tough game now granted i think the super nes version i think the super nes version plays a little bit differently i don't think it plays as good if i remember well but and it does have that weird version games like camera snapback where like you know you you turn to the left and the camera pans this way you turn the right camera pans that way yeah so it does yeah. have that weird sort of effect, which, by the way, the Aladdin update that we talk about fixes that. There's no more of that. Oh, so they got rid of it. Like, thank you. That changes the game. But oh. um, I like Cool Spot, though. OK. All right. So we've gone through three of your Genesis uh, recommendations already. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to mentally put bets on what two or uh, what the four and five are. Oh, I don't think I don't think you're going to guess one of them. Probably not. <laughs> now, what do you because I my Going back to earlier, like I was saying, when I was a kid, it was Sonic on Sega. I didn't care about anything else. I would get games for, like, I got this, uh, the Sega Smash Pack for my Dreamcast, which had the original Sonic the Hedgehog on it, had uh, Shining Force, had a bunch of classic Justice games on it. And then Sega Smash Pack 2, I got that for the PC because that was the only way I could play Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And that was, like, my one of my favorite Sonic games besides Sonic CD was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Love that game. And then there's like some other stuff on there. I was like trying to play through Vector Man, Vector Man 2, all these other stuff. So I'm trying to think. But at the same time, it's like all those games that I've played in the past have been on other compilations and other collections. So they're probably not going to be there. But I'm still very curious. And I want to <laughs> know. All right. So I'll, I'll move on to the next one. So I, uh, I talked about this one on my YouTube channel before but um i wanted to bring this one up again so it's another side scroller but this one is a lot more of a darker vibe remember how i said about sega wanted to go for like the more the older adult audience they wanted to do something yeah. that's a little bit different so in this case it went a little bit more of a, of a horror aspect and they put this out ever heard of mystic defender ever heard I of this one not. Oh, this not. is another really good one this was an early release for the system this one came out in 89 Okay. So this one actually is a really, really early release on this one, but it's a side-scrolling platformer. Well, it's not a platformer per se. It's more of an adventure-style game. It's um, it's basically Japanese horror, where like, there's essentially like you know, a princess has been kidnapped, and you have to scale the tower in order to save her, so to speak. It's based off an anime. Um, the anime is called Kujaku O uh, Spirit Warrior Peacock King. It's actually based off an anime, of course, okay. because of licensing. You know, they had to change everything for the US release. But yeah. and then you get your multiple different types of um of magic. Like you have your your try shot, you have your fire magic, you have a screen clearing magic, you have a dragon magic, but it's just the but again, going back to the vibe. I remember playing this game when I was a kid, and I remember renting it 
and looking at it, it's like, oh, this looks kind of cool. So like I rented it and it scared me because literally like the, the the dark vibe and the horror vibe, especially this one stage, it looks like it's something straight out of aliens, like some HR Geiger stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is just again, this is something like I had never seen anything like it mm-hmm. like for its time. I think this was really kind of my first take of something that wasn't super cartoony and super inviting or something that looks like more going back to something like El Viento that actually had like that, that co- that more warm anime kind of vibe. This one's a lot more dark. It's a lot more Gothic and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. This is another one. that's a lot of fun. It's, it's another challenging one, but once you get it, like it's, it's fantastic. Now, the fun thing about this one is there's a nice little bonus fact about mystic defender that some copies of this game, if you look for it, they actually, there's a revision, kind of like the Revenge of Shinobi, right? How like the Revenge of Shinobi, when it first came out, they had a whole bunch of bosses that are based off of other IPs. Like there's one based off the Terminator. There's one based off of Batman. There's one based off of Godzilla. Like there were ones like that, but they had to go back and clean them up because, you know, they didn't want to get sued. Right. Although Spider-Man, they got the license to later on. So Spider-Man had that cross promotion because Sega made their own Spider-Man game. So they had that cross promotion with that. But Mystic Defender, what's about this one is that um, the final boss, when you do get a chance to find the princess and to go save her, she's engulfed by this like this giant mound of an enemy that you have to take out without killing her. Granted, you can't kill her, but the whole concept is, you know, don't shoot yeah. her. But uh-huh. um, once you free her, you'll notice like in some versions, in the Japanese version, I believe all the Japanese versions have the same thing. But in the American version, Sega forgot to do something they um she's actually naked underneath the mound of enemies and they forgot to cover her up (laughs) like in some versions of this game later versions they do cover her up but um i was like oh wow really (laughs) so they they completely missed that but no this is this is a great great game though great great soundtrack great music and yeah a lot of people miss on it and you said this game came out in 1989 89, yep. I am surprised that there was no outrage by parents finding out that there was a naked woman at the end of the game. I think it flew under the radar so much that people missed it. You know what? I they think that's really did. what it was. I because you you did say the game was challenging. And mm-hmm. a lot of a lot, especially with a lot of platformers and a, or a lot of games like uh early 90s, very late 80s, um, like like with the Genesis coming out, any uh NES and eventually Super Nintendo, especially for because I was born in 90, so I was very young. I wasn't very, I wasn't good at video games per se. So there'd mm-hmm. be many times where I would get to a certain part of the game, like Super Super Mario World, I get to the Lost Woods, never would, could beat the Lost Woods because I couldn't figure out how to do it. Oh, that took me a while to get past that, even yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah, even Song, Song CD for the longest time. Metallic Magnus Act 2. I hate that level. Despise mm-hmm. that level. That level was the bait of my existence for God knows how many years. Over 25 years later, when I finally beat it, and I beat that game on this damn thing, my my phone. <laughs> and I was like, finally, redemption. But I could see that at being a game like that, being challenging. You have to like really put in the hours. You have to really, you know, to quote a bunch of uh, Soulsborne players, get good at the game so i could definitely see that flying on the radar as opposed to something like i don't know mortal Kombat, where you put in the blood code and there's blood and guts everywhere right because lord because lord knows especially back during that time of uh video of gaming you still had to be really careful of what games you brought into the home depending on who your parents were and depending on yep. how um unfortunately the stereotype of the time was bible thumping they were 
Right. And then the, the, the interesting thing, too, is that there's actually a lot. And honestly, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea for a video. There's a lot of there's a lot of games that flew under the radar on the Genesis that were either violent or had some other subject matters mm-hmm. that came out before Mortal Kombat. It's like Mortal Kombat was the one in Mortal Kombat and Night Trap. Those are really like the one two punch that oh, yeah. um, that really spurred the ESRB, really spurred the whole video game violence controversy, like all that stuff. But there's quite a few games on the Genesis that a lot of people miss that, like like Death Duel or basically it's like you versus monsters and you're basically blowing them apart bit by bit. Like you blow off their arms, you blow off their heads and there's blood literally like everywhere or like, you know, slaughter sport, oh, slaughter sport, where you um basically get eaten by like a shark again, it's like with the blood and everything too. Like this there's, there's a storm lord where there's literal like, you know, fairy boobs and like naked ah. fairies kind of I'm like, okay, how did how did all these games get away with this? Or even like the the immortal the immortal, one of the more infamous games on the system, where you literally like can can cast a spell on like a goblin, and their head just like goes explodes and bits everywhere. And like this is all before Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah so. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because especially back in the nineties, so many parents, or so many parents who were like, "Oh, but you get, you know, they're trying to obviously they're trying to control what their kids watched and played. They're being good parents, but at the same time." Mm-hmm. You get like with Mortal Kombat, like when I was reading the um when I was reading the console war by Blake J. Harris, and of course Mortal Kombat and Night Trap came up, and then when I finally watched footage from Night Trap, all the stuff that these Congress like um what was his name? Larry, I don't want to say Larry Biederman, but that you know, that one congressman oh, from um, Indiana yes. who was like who was like very like against all the way he was talking, looking at the archival footage, he was like against almost all video games and saying, Oh, you're killing these young women and i'm just looking at the footage from night trap i'm like they're not biting it's just a collar around the neck and you can see like juices there's like nothing it's very slight it's very slight well that's the funny thing about night trap that's the interesting thing about night trap now if you notice when the game got re-released i guess they because theoretically as far as i'm as far as i'm not mistaken because my wife and i talk about this i think we brought this up that whenever you have a game that's been released and it's already been rated by the esrb if you release another game later on you do not have to go for another esrb uh, re-rating you can keep the same re-rating night if that is true night trap went out of their way to get re-rated because the funny thing is, is that going back to what you're saying night trap is tame I think the main reason why Night Trap got what it was because it was live action. It was not mm. cartoon. It was not right. animated sprites. It was not anything like that. It's because it was live action. Even though you don't see a single drop of blood in that game. You don't see any nudity. You don't see anything. And the game is, it's tame. Like for, especially for today's standards. Even back then, I feel it's kind of tame. No, no adult language, no anything like that. So, but it was purely for the fact that it was live action. That was the okay. main reason. The game has a teen rating now. Like back then it was mature, but if you go and you look at the re-releases on Switch and everything, which I love that too. But yeah, teen rating, uh, just like how, what was his name? Howard, Howard, Howard Lincoln. I forgot. Howard, Howard Lincoln, Lincoln, thank you. Howard Lincoln yeah. is like Night Trap will never appear on the Nintendo console ever. Night Trap appears on Switch. I'm like I <laughs> I mean that the the real on that though is just that you know the congressmen and whatnot, they were doing their things, but whenever Nintendo and Sega got involved in that whole debate, it was really just a pissing contest between it was. Two. It really was. It, it and, really was. But you know, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, but going back to, to Mystic Defender though, because again, like there aren't very many games that came around like that. I mean, really the only other game that to kind of take that, that concept and then become a super strong franchise out of it around that same time was Namco's Splatterhouse. 
Like oh, it was probably yeah. the other one. Like that because Splatterhouse came out. Wait, well, when did Splatter? I'm not sure when Splatterhouse one came out, but I know Splatterhouse two, which was a Genesis exclusive, that came out later on. And so I think games like Mystic Defender kind of paved the path for that that different sort of take. That not everything has to be cartoony. You can go a little bit dark with this and just still be like an awesome, awesome game. And yeah, Mystic Defender is it's it's one of those. I highly, highly recommend checking it out. And what's interesting is that if you have a if you have a game console, like so one of the game consoles that I use, most of the time, like when I play, I play on original hardware. But uh-huh. I also have um, in fact it's right here. I can show it to you. I have one of these. Uh, this is the uh, the analog mega SG. You oh know, it's yeah, cool. yeah. I love this thing. It's worth every penny if you're a Genesis fan. Get it? I love it. Um, but it also has a region selector. And what's cool about Mystic Defender is that if you have a region selector, I think all carts are are like this. Like if you take the cartridge, like if you take the cartridge and you pop it in an analog or whatever um, console that actually allows you to change the region, and you change it to Japanese you'll notice everything changes you see the 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 logo is in japanese the text is in japanese the cutscenes look a little different the main character has their original outfit because they changed uh joe's outfit and it's okay. a lot less more um of a priest like a japanese priest looking style or a monk or a shaman like it looks a lot less like this and more like on i don't know like a power rangers kind of look to it i guess <laughs> even though this is three power rangers yeah but um but you can tell they they modified it to be more appealing for an american audience so i thought that was kind of cool when somebody told me that there's like hey change the region to japan see what happens and so i did it I'm like oh interesting so the japanese version is actually hidden in there granted if the going back to what i was saying before about the cover-up if it was cover up it's still covered up but um so they did go out of their way to do that <laughs> but um yeah it's it's this it's, this is one that like i feel not a lot of people talk about and it's, it's good it's really good all right. all right well i'm looking at the clock and i know there's a certain time where you have to get out so we're creeping up oh on yeah that. yeah so all right so we have one final game to talk about so what is the so, last hidden gem Ooh, so one the last one that i wanted to talk about that people i swear when i show people this one they're like really like, no 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 seriously so again going into Games at a particular time, licensed games, and you think of the, the name Acclaim or LJN, and you're like, most people are like, you know, it's like most of their games are terrible, and rightfully so. Not all of them. I'm not of the mindset that all LJN games suck. I'm not on that mindset at all. There's some dang good ones. This is one of them, because it's like technically Acclaim, Arena, Flying Edge, LJN, they're all the same company. They're basically all the same company, but this one, this one hit me really, really hard. And it's so much fun. This is Predator 2. Oh! Like, so Predator 2 on the Genesis. This game is so good. It's so wow. good. Because it's like it's an isometric shoot-em-up. Essentially, it's what it is. Okay. And you gotta you gotta basically free all the hostages before the predator gets to them and then beat the boss at the end, survive, kill the predator at the end, escape the ship, everything. And then but the thing is that it it's so simple, but yet it's so satisfying. It's so satisfying. But you're you're up against the clock. So like you're basically up against the clock. So whenever you're, if you take too long, you'll see the little, you know, the three predator dots. You'll see the three uh-huh. predator dots like on the screen and you'll see them slowly, slowly creeping up to the hostages. And if you don't save them in time, then he'll get the hostages. I think if you have, depending on what difficulty level you're on, I think it's between anywhere from three to five, three to five hostages die. It's game over instantly. Like your game is done. And um, there are no continues. You get a password, but there's no continues. But it's just, it's so much fun. And the music is outstanding. Um, Matt Furness. Matt Furness did the soundtrack for it. 
and like it's 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 just it's a lot of fun but going back to the whole like violence thing right uh-huh. so this is another thing that 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 scared the heck out of me as a kid because i mean if you've seen the predator movies you know the predator movies are violent you've you've oh, yeah. seen when he does to like the hostages and whatnot it happens oh, yeah. in the game too if you wait too long for the predator to, to get to the hostage you see them their guts literally fly over the screen you see arms intestines eyes like flying through the screen and then if you save all the hostages you have to get to the end of the stage you see the predator on the side of the screen you hit a predator at the side of the screen and then you see those dots coming after you and he's coming up really quickly and if you take too long he gets you and you're dead and that scared the crap out of me as a kid and but it's just that level of tension my only downside that i have about this game is that it's kind of short you'll beat it fairly quickly but other than that, like this is another one that just goes completely under the radar because, oh, it's a licensed game on the 16-bit era. And I get it because like most of them are not good. Like I totally get it. But there's there are some diamonds in the rough. Alien 3 is another good example, too. But I feel like Alien 3 gets its cred. Predator 2 does not get its cred. And I'm just like, man, this is one that I highly, highly recommend checking out. This is also another one going back to El Viento. This is another one that like once I start playing, I, I, I have to finish it. I I have to finish it. It's easily one of those um one of those moments where it's just like oh I'll play like a few levels four hours later oh is that the sun yeah <laughs> it's like come on man but no it's um this is this game's a blast now this is also another one there is a master system version as well um and it's completely different the master mm-hmm. system version is a side scroller so okay. like it's it's well it's a side scroll in the sense where like there's still you're still moving on that isometric plane but it auto scrolls to the side as you're going you still have to save the hostages you still have to like get the extra drugs drug squad you still have to get like the extra drugs to um to get the points so uh-huh. i mean you're not using them you're you're, you're confiscating them because you're uh, going up against drug lords that's confiscating of them <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but I, man I, I use big air quotes for that one but yeah i completely right this. I try to because I haven't seen all of Predator 2. I've seen parts of Predator 2, but I do know Predator 2 is like it's this weird outlier where it's like 1992 Los Angeles, but it's like a different alter, alternate universe 92 Los Angeles. But it's but then in the later movies, it's not 92 Los Angeles. It's it's weird. Predator 2 is weird, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> but this one kind of stands stands tall in the majority of licensed games that are out there. Another one, another one I could say that I think people kind of skip over that I really like was Demolition Man. Demolition Man is another one that like, I think that's a great one. Also a claim. It's like, I think that that's a great one that people miss out on, but I think Predator 2 is probably the, one of the most criminally missed games on the Genesis. Like if you like shooters, this is one I love dearly, dearly. It's, it's one of my, it's actually, I'm working on a video about like my 20, I'm doing the worst right now, but I'm, uh-huh. I'm doing the best, like my 20 favorite Genesis games, the top 20 best. I'll give you, I'll let you in a little bit of secret. Predator 2 is on that list because I was All like, right. it's it's that dang good. Would you say that Predator, would you say that Predator 2 for the second Genesis could be one of the very first games and the argument of the game was actually better than the movie? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, you get those. You you'll get those like very periodically. I think probably one of the, it's not retro, but the one whenever people say like, "What's a game that was better than the movie?" And yeah, Predator Two comes to mind. I can think like the other one that immediately comes to mind is uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. Like, yeah, that's that's another one that immediately comes to mind. Like this is probably the best example of a game that just far outshines the movie. Yeah. So, but yeah. We- Especially with licensed games, because like you said, 16-bit licensed games, a lot of them 
aren't that good, especially no. later on in the generations, like with the PlayStation 2 or even the PS3 and Xbox 360 era, a licensed game or a game based off a movie, they're not good. Some of them are passable. Like I remember one year we rented Shrek 2 from Blockbuster and my brother oh, yeah. and I marathoned that game. We actually beat it in one weekend, surprisingly enough, because it was co-op and we it was actually a lot of fun. But what do you hear in a lot of games is like, oh, this is like this is a it's like, oh, it's it's um like Iron Man, the game, or Man of Steel, oh, the game. Mm, you like, or yeah. you hear all yeah, you hear all these movies, or even I want to say a lot of games, licensed games, especially from the 16-bit era, I would say there's more diamonds than bad stuff. Because you had because I remember there's this this Game Boy Tiny Tunes game that I Oh, that I, I mean, you don't talk Konami and Tiny Tunes. I mean, like they uh, they, they they did that franchise good. <laughs> yeah. I like, don't really I don't did. know exactly what game it was because I only played it on a cart that i still have but it's a bootleg rom cart that i bought in singapore when i got my game boy color and the whole game is japanese i have no idea what they're saying but i just know it's <laughs> tiny tunes and i had a blast playing it oh yeah yeah um, you also said like, treasure on the genesis is also another one that's like oh so so good yeah, so good like, and even you were talking about earlier mickey in the castle of illusion I was so surprised to see Castle Illusion and even Mickey and Donald Duck in the cast or the sequel to Castle Illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, World of Illusion. Yeah. yeah, World of Illusion. Thank you. On the Genesis Mini 1. Yeah, that was a shock. Normally licensed games, especially Disney licensed games, they don't show up on compilations like that. They're off doing their own thing or they're in their own compilation like the Disney Afternoon. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those games like yeah, we've seen those cartoon games, but they're actually pretty good. Like, I haven't played DuckTales yet. I have DuckTales remastered for my PS3, and I would love to play the original 8-bit one sometime. But everyone keeps talking about how good DuckTales is. DuckTales is good. It's not my favorite of the Capcom Disney games. That would be Darkwing Duck. But, uh, but well, Darkwing Duck on NES is wonderful. But, um, but DuckTales is great. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, Capcom and Konami, like whenever whenever they had licensed games, like you knew you were in for a good time. Oh yeah, definitely. Like you absolutely knew that they would. But um, but yeah, and because even Sega themselves, like when it came to licensed games, weren't always like on point. Like Batman Returns on the Genesis, not good. Mm-hmm. It's like, but Batman and Robin was very good. So it's I, like sometimes you get like those 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 hits and those misses. Yeah. You know, but then you'll get like ones that are based off of movies like Predator 2 that wind up being one of my favorite games on the console. And then at the same time, you get stuff like Wayne's World. <laughs> so I yeah. love the movie. <laughs> I've heard nothing but horrible things about that. Video oh, game. Oh, the, oh, the game. <laughs> oh, the game. Oh. oh, it's one of those it? cases where like the NES version is actually better, better than the 16 bit version. And that's not saying much. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's that bad. Yeah, I I completely understand. I completely get it. I mean, LJN does have a soft spot in my heart because when I got my NES, the games I got with it, I had a few LJN titles. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing movie tie related. I had like TNC surf and skating board designs. You know the surf mm-hmm. and skateboard. TNC surf designs. Oh yeah. Yep, I had that one or have that one. Uh, Major League Baseball. I have that one too. Uh, and I want to say it came with Wheel of Fortune, but I sold that one years ago because I don't really care about <laughs> right. like Wheel. About playing Wheel of Fortune. See, on my, see on my people NES. want. See people want a dog LJN, and again, rightfully so. But when we're going into that generation, I always tell people this. I'm just like, yeah, it's popular to dog LJN. But here's the thing: I see your LJN. Can I raise you a THQ? Oh, can I raise you God. a High Tech Expressions? 
can I raise you these two companies? Because arguably they put out way worse stuff than LJN. High Tech Expression put out the, the excellent Tom and Jerry NES game. That's like, that's their high point. Everything else is just, no, <laughs> no, especially THQ. No, no. THQ, that I have a very odd relationship with THQ. Not to say that the, all the games I have for them were bad, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing the THQ logo and, oh God, my parents bought me Rugrats in Paris for the PS1 one year for Christmas. Mm. And I would only play one certain level and it was Chucky e. Chan just because they played the song. Well, I was going to say THQ, THQ came up from the muck in the 32-bit era. Like when you saw did. the THQ logo on the PS1, then it was like, okay, now you're on to something. But like in the 8 and 16-bit, no, 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 no. <laughs> but however, THQ also published in America, arguably one of my favorite PS1 games, Ghost in the Shell. So like they published that. So like there is that. But yeah, in the 16-bit there, no. Home Home Alone is probably just... Now that's definitely one of those movie games where I will run far away from. Let's like when people, whatever, whatever the the debate from, whatever the debate comes up, like when it's like Nintendo needs to put all the Super Nintendo games on the NSO or they need to put all these other, these like X, Y, and Z games up on the NSO. It's like, no they don't because don't get no. me wrong <laughs> no. nintendo genesis they have libraries of amazing titles that is not disputed but i don't want to scroll to play home alone from the super nintendo or or home improvement from super nintendo why do you want that just, just why i actually own home improvement on super nintendo. <laughs> i actually own that game purely because i wanted the meme that's that's oh man we were supposed to get home improvement on the genesis it got canceled we're actually supposed to get it, but that's the one that got canceled. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those curiosities. So I wonder. I still hope that maybe someday a prototype of it will will pop up or something. If it even got that far, who knows? We don't yeah. know. Yeah, we don't know. We, we don't know. But the same. We're time. supposed to get an Indiana Jones on the Genesis too. That didn't happen. Oh, I'm sorry. Indiana Jones's uh, Greatest Adventures. We were uh-huh. supposed to get a port of that on Genesis. That never happened. Like we're, we got the Star Wars one, um, but. A prototype for that came out, but other than that, yeah, it's just it's kind of unfortunate. But anyway, uh, but yeah, but yeah, Predator Two though, I mean, this is just one that I'm like, man, a lot of people like want to palm it off, but don't like don't yeah. give it a good shot. And like, I love it personally. All right, well, there you go, five <laughs> hidden gems for the second Genesis that you should play. G, we're coming up at your actually a little past time. I'm so sorry, but G- good. no worries, no worries. Yeah, but G, thank you again so much for coming on the show and talking Genesis. I would love to have you back and talk even more Genesis someday. That'd be great. Absolutely. I'm down. I'm down. All right. Well, G, where can people find you on the internet? All right. Well, you can find me on the internet at uh, G to the next level, you know, like welcome to the next level, but with a G like me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm on Instagram at G to the next level, uh, but mostly YouTube youtube.com slash g to the next level um i'm on twitch four days a week sundays tuesdays thursdays and fridays normally uh twitch.tv slash g to the next level um you can uh so i'm at a couple of conventions about a convention i'm going to be a guest at retropalooza houston um i think by the time that you'll probably drop this video i might be announcing a couple of other conventions on the east coast that i'm going to be a part of including one in august i'm very excited for and uh but yeah that's basically where you can you can spot me there all right, well, definitely go, definitely go check him out. Subscribe to his YouTube channel, of course. Subscribe to this YouTube channel as well. Uh, Baseball K Pause Menu is part of the Fake Nerd Podcast, uh, Fake Nerd Podcast family of podcasts. We have a 
billion shows on on our um channel so yeah fakenerdpodcast.com that's pretty much everywhere you can go you to find everything fake nerd oriented you can find me on the internet at ben magna 27 instagram twitter tiktok as well as ryan for fusion gaming magazine old school gamer magazine go to nintendo.com you know where to find me g thank you again so much for coming on it has been an absolute blast and until <clears> next <throat> time unpause <laughs> <laughs>